The Fucking Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process. His cell number is 302-864-8643, as well as LL Pavorsky Jewelers, where rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. On the show today, the Sixers season ends poorly like it does every single year. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Boy, the We Were Right song really hits different tonight, doesn't it? Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who is fully ruining Mother's Day at his mother-in-law's house. That is one, Mike Levin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, I was okay. I was uh, I didn't make any outbursts, so I guess that's a win. That is in this uh, barricaded room back here. Um. No, I mean. I've said this so many times. Yeah. They are just the most embarrassing group of people. They should all be embarrassed. Like they're just, they're losers. Embiid's a loser. Harden's a loser. Doc's a loser. Everybody on the team, everybody associated with the team, Daryl's a loser. Like they all are losers. And this is what loser teams do. Loser organizations do. Um, They should have closed it out in six. They didn't. Um, And then they lay the biggest egg of all time uh, in Boston in the game seven on Mother's Day that everybody was watching. And they should feel embarrassed. And honestly, MB should just like retire. Like it should just end right there. Just like it just like one of the most embarrassing showings. It never looked like he gave a shit. He had like three rebounds, like midway through the third quarter. Just like Harden couldn't get by anybody. Um, just a joke. Just a total joke. Everyone should be like fully ashamed. And they shouldn't. If, if there's any, we're obviously not watching the press conferences afterwards. So we don't know what's going on. But if there's any like excuse making or anything other than like, I feel like wholly embarrassed by our performance, then they should be like not allowed in the NBA anymore. CJ, I don't know if you have Sixers Adams' phone number. If you do, if you could text him to let us know when he's done at the press conference, because I'd love to call him. We can call him using my cell phone number. So just text Adam. I I agree with everything that you said. You know, coming into this game, I would not have all been surprised or disappointed if you had told me that James Harden would no show the game. Like I honestly, he is has been here for a year whatever it is, year and a half. He's no-showed in big games before. It just like, it sucks. And if it cost us the game, it would suck, but it wouldn't hurt, right? It wouldn't hurt at all. Man, to see Embiid in a game like this come out and compete the way that he did is soul-crushing. Like it is. And I, I, I almost 
when, when I think about who's listening to this podcast, because I know right now there are plenty of Boston people listening, there are Denver people listening and all that. And it does feel stupid to say these things with you listening. It feels stupid to have believed this entire time that when it comes down to it in a game that means the entire season might not win, might not win, but go out there and, and give every single ounce that you had. And I could understand the beginning of the game. I made an excuse. I'm like, he's tight. I could feel like he was going to be tight. I thought everybody was going to be tight. I was like, he's tight, whatever. And then I made another excuse. I was like, maybe he's going to play all 48 minutes. Maybe he's pacing himself. And he had a block or something. And then he had a, a couple of times where he brought the ball up and he laid the ball in. And I said, here is Embiid. But he did not meet the moment. He was not ready for it. He wanted no part of it. He wanted no part of it. And you could, you could survive that from Every, any other single player on the roster, including Harden, you could survive it and I could look past it. Can't look past it with Embiid. You cannot, you cannot parade around and we are guilty of supporting it for three years about how you're the MVP and then come out in a game seven. And a game seven, we're, we're, I don't think we're being dramatic when we're saying that this particular game at this particular time is an inflection point. He has to know that. He has to know that everything, given Harden's contract, given the amount of time that they've been, the number of times they've been eliminated early, he has to know that this was it. And I do not want to hear anything about his knee. And I don't want to hear anything about shots not going down. You have to own every part of this. And I just... What do you even do after this? And I, 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 what do you even do after this? You know, and how do you expect the other players on the team to come wanting to give, you know, to dive for every ball, to, to keep, to, to push through when you're tired? Like, how can you expect for every other player on the team to do it if the best player on the team doesn't do it? Just absolutely embarrassing and disgraceful. And, like, here's, here's something. Here's a, a question I think we all have to ask ourselves and we're all asking ourselves. And Michael Connor asked it in the thing that he wrote this week about this game. In October, how do we start a season looking at this guy and this team and take it seriously? How? You know what I mean? Like, there's no way. I just, I'm just so, I'm, I'm so disappointed in it yeah i mean it's over it's i mean it's over like if Embiid asked for a trade or if they trade him or whoever's left in the front office or like they should just clean house after this like everything should be over it's just an embarrassing it's happened too many times they've lost the, the celtics have made the conference finals five times in seven years the sixers have made it zero times uh they've lost in the second round uh every year since the, except for the bubble when they lost in the first. Mike um, made the point that in the 10 years since we've started this, 19 teams have made the conference finals. 19 teams have made the conference finals. Yeah, I mean I mean it's just it's just it just feels over. It just feels like they if just an indictment on everybody and everything. And uh so many mistakes were made uh over the years, but this is just like a game that they could have Gone in there and won, 
and taken seriously. And they just didn't. They just never did. They played slow. They played stupid. Shots weren't falling. And then they played weak. And then the Celtics got hot. And then they just like allowed open shot after open shot. And those guys hit shots. And just like they slumped their shoulders and they like put their head down and they looked embarrassed. And then they took 75 threes and none of them went in. Um, They were outscored 33 to 10 in the third. Uh, It's the largest gap in any quarter in any game seven ever. 10 points seems like way more than they actually scored. Well, they went six minutes between scoring at all. Um, yeah, I wish I wish Doc had taken everybody out way earlier because it was really embarrassing to watch all the starters go out there and like sort of just wander around half-assing it. Yeah, I mean the, it's with the you know, the Kawhi shot was shitty and a bad stroke of luck. Um but everything since then they've happened. deserved, man. But and then the Hawks, Sorry. the Hawks game seven was uh, a different level of like torture, and something needed to change. And it felt like that was a real like Ben Simmons indictment. And this is just like at a certain point, the Sixers don't have toughness. The Sixers don't have physicality. The Sixers like don't can't quite get make that last play. The Sixers seem to no show on on a lot of big stages in the playoffs. And at a certain point, there's no more people to blame. It's Joel Embiid. He did a terrible job. He played one of the worst games of his career tonight uh, in the most important game of his career. Just like, it's pathetic, man. Like, I feel so fucking stupid giving a shit. Uh, I don't feel, I don't know. I feel nothing. Like, if these guys aren't going to give a fuck, then like, what am I doing? I have another career. I'm on strike. <laughs> like I'm doing other stuff. And these guys are getting paid so much money to like really care. And they've worked their way up to do this stuff. And they're down a million. They're trying to fight back and they're still giving up offensive rebounds to Marcus Smart. They're still getting out hustled by Marcus Smart up 25. Like, fuck them. Truly fuck them. Like all these guys, like we can get more specific, but like effort wise was not there. Giving a shit wasn't there. No backbone, no integrity. Um, pathetic. All of them across the board. Pathetic. We got a lot of voicemails, and I think it would be therapeutic and good to hear some of them CJ went through and uh, and got them ready for. So 833-LICKFACE is the voicemail number. Um, I'll just go through as we get them. No, but seriously, I'm not a Sixers fan anymore. I've never felt this way. Even after the Hawks, I just said, okay, they'll trade Simmons, whatever. No, I'm not a fan of this team anymore. The GM is just like fucking pumping and dumping crypto. The two-star players never, ever, ever show up in a big game. The owners are just out here buying other teams. It's just not... If if none of them care, then why should I? I, I I'm really like not watching games anymore. I've been a devoted listener. I'm sorry. I won't listen to you guys anymore. I'm not what I'm not. It's done. You can stop with the team, but you can keep listening to us. No, good good way to keep up on it. I, your point about it. I think he, I think that the thing that we were feeling all going into this game, the thing that you said and the thing that he has expressed 
in both a figurative and literal way, it sort of feels like they're out of moves, you know? And, and you just said it about having somebody else to blame. The, the, the Raptors series was early in career. Kawhi was on a heater, blah, blah, blah. We had Ben Simmons for the Hawks series and beat missed two games of the heat series and Harden disappeared. There's just I, like, I, I don't even know what else you'd do. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I certainly teams and players have come back from crushing disappointments over and over and over again. And there are several examples throughout the history of the NBA of teams that looked like they would never get over the hump and then finally do at, at times that you would never expect it. Dirk being one of those, it happens. It's so hard to imagine it happening here. It's just really hard to imagine, right? I, I can't paint the picture in which that happens here. Yeah. I mean, you think, yeah, I think about like the, uh, Virginia basketball team that, uh, lost was the first team to first men's team to lose to a, a 16 seed. Um, and then they won the national championship next year. And it's like, well, that's one game. Like that was one game. They, they were missing Deandre Hunter who broke his hand. Like that's one game. This is half a decade more of just like continuing to no show in these moments. And They've just, they've, for the whole time, and you got to blame Embiid. Am I still there? Yep. I'm oh, sorry. My, the, Alyssa's mom's computer just went to sleep. And I, and I, <laughs> am, I, am I dead? <laughs> am, am I alive anymore? Well, you're, 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 uh, her mom's computer is just like that guy that's not, is checking out of the pod. Good. You're smart. Wrong. Real smart. Um, yeah, I don't know what I was saying. Uh, there, it's just a, it's a, they don't capitalize on stuff. They, I've called them like fuckboys for a long time because they just like act like they have it in hand and they never do. Like they just act like, oh, we'll get it. Like we'll get them next one. Or like, oh, okay, we got off to a slow start, but like we'll bounce back. Like they just, they have, they, they carry themselves with a lackadaisical nonchalance that they just have never earned. They've never, ever, ever earned it. And they continue proving time and again, that they don't deserve our trust and they don't deserve the reputation they seem to think that they have, which is they're so talented that they can just like turn it on when it counts. And they can't. And they can't. Like, there's no one to blame here. <laughs> like, I thought Doc was extremely mediocre. I thought Harden was horrendous. I thought Embiid was horrendous. I thought Maxi was limited. I thought Tobias had such a bad game six that even though he wasn't the problem. No, I mean, none of the real role players were the problem in this game where you no. can go like, if only they did it. I mean, like they were missing shots. They shot 21% from three. Honestly, um, the, the role players are the only reason that the, the game was within three points yeah. or whatever at halftime. I, I mean, yeah. and Beaton Harden played horrendously in the first half. And after the first play of the second half, which is an Embiid post-up kick out to Tobias for a three that he made, it was a tight game. And then they proceeded to get outscored 33 to seven the rest of the quarter. And it was over. And they just like absolutely got swallowed up by the crowd. Those fucking assholes are singing like na, 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 hey, 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 goodbye. Like it's 1994. Like just like, just a, they should feel so embarrassed. And I, I've said that if there's like a supercut of me saying they should feel embarrassed <laughs> over the last 10 years of doing this fucking podcast, 
and I want more, I want more, uh, I, I want a level of like, g- give me the, give me the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm missing words here. I'm just it's very okay. Upset. That's, that's my bit. Usually. There there's, I want to know that they feel embarrassed. I want right, them right, right. to say like, he's right. We feel embarrassed. I feel embarrassed. It's on me. Like, Again, not watching the press conference and whatever they say, I'm just going to be upset at it no matter what. There's nothing they could say where I could go like, all right, cool, great. But like just a group of pathetic people that thought that they could uh, bounce back and like go to war with each other. And like the war was lost very handily, very quickly in very embarrassing fashion. Um, Just got absolutely shown up. I'm congrats. Congrats that Joel got the MVP. Uh, The fact that he won MVP makes him look even fucking dumber for how bad he played. I agree. It makes us look dumb. (laughs) It's just, it's just so embarrassing across the board that they just didn't, they weren't getting anything. They didn't do anything. They did nothing. Harden was like sloppy with the ball, doing not like making horrible decisions. He passed to nobody at one point in the third quarter. That was disgusting. His handle was gross. He couldn't get by anybody. Um. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I I want to go down and like sort of criticize other guys, but it's not their fault. It's not the other guys' fault. I, I'll blame them for like other things in the past in the series, and I don't have anything good to say about anybody. But but like, it came, this da- is, it came this down. Came down to this. Embiid. Yeah, this is yeah. Harden and Embiid. Yep. Yeah. Harden and Embiid, and and I would not that this is like not that he earns more than like s- some nominal percentage that any coach would earn, but but Doc also like. You don't get to lose. You don't lose this many closeout games in your career without having a fundamental flaw, um, and a and a really horrendous reputation for never getting it done. Like, I I would fire Doc tonight just to do something, um, because it's because e- it's easier than the other stuff you have to do. And everybody, if you if you fire Nick Nurse and Mike Budenholzer and Monty Williams, like Doc Rivers should definitely get fucking fired, get his ass out of here, um, and then you figure out what to do with the rest or if you want to, I don't know, do they want to play basketball anymore? Do they want to sell the team? Does the, or, does the organization want to stay in Philadelphia? Like I, I think truly like a non insignificant percentage of fans will leave after this performance and not come back. I lo- when the, when the flyers got swept by the red wings in was it 97, I think it was 97. I never came back to hockey. I was seven years old, but I never came back. It broke me. I never, and I, it was over. That was it for me. And I feel like there's going to be people that do it with the Sixers because it's like, why would you, why would you, why would you, what have you earned? What level of respect have you earned from us? Can I be, on the list of things I expected you to say on yeah. this podcast, I never came back. When the Red Wings beat the, the Flyers, I never came back. To I never went back. I was seven. It's it not on the list. Yeah. The, let, let's get our sponsors done right now. That way they're not surrounded by too much hate. Uh, the, the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process. Thank you, Adam Kasabi, for making Sixers Adam's trip to Boston possible. Our beat writer, Sixers Adam, who the Sixers have failed this year, but Sixers Adam has grown. Adam Kasabi is your like if you need a realtor, he's your first call, no matter what you are, no matter what you're doing. Specifically, Kasabi is your hookup to the Delaware beaches. Adam Kasabi and his team based out of Long and Foster and Bethany Beach. Delaware beaches. If you've never been, if you've always been a Jersey beach, Jersey shore person, Delaware is where it's at, especially if you want to buy lower property taxes um, and everything else is great. 
right? Great little towns, all different selections from Bethany, as I mentioned, Lewis, Rehoboth, all those places. They can find you a house at the Delaware beaches. They can find you a house anywhere in Delaware, anywhere in Maryland. And if you're looking for a realtor in not one of those states, call Adam first because Adam will interview realtors and get you the right person. Text or call 302-864-8643, 302-864-8643, SEBE. Adam Kasebe, the official realtor of the process and the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Look, the good news is we got up to number 327 today. The bad news is the topic we cover is completely fucking awful. That is, that's the bad news. The good news is L.L. though, 327. Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners have gone to L.L. for engagement rings. 327 of them have been thrilled. A jeweler is one thing that it's hard to find. You go into jewelry stores, they pressure the shit out of you. You don't know what's going on. You go in there, spend a ton of money, you're nervous about the entire thing. You don't know if you can trust the person. LL is somebody you can trust. Been in business 35 years in the same spot, right over there, 77 Walnut. First advertiser ever on the Ricky, been with us for six years, something like that. Known about us much longer than that. We love them. If you're getting an engagement ring, you cannot go anywhere else. 215-627-2252 is a number you call. Make an appointment. He doesn't, he doesn't want walk-ins. He wants to be able to spend time with you. 215-627-2252. Email lee at llpavorsky.com. Tweet at him at llpavorsky. He is a supporter of our charities, Providence Animal Center, Mama T's Community Fridge, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. He would never do this to you or anyone. <laughs> 833-LICKFACE is the phone number. Voicemail. Spike. Mike. CJ. If you told me that I'd be leaving my friend's house in a game seven, they were die against the Boston Celtics in the third quarter, I'd tell you you're insane. But here I am. Pulled over on the side of the road with my hazards on to call you guys. Um, just truly pathetic and what we all should have expected. Harden uh, just didn't didn't even show up. Just taking his good old time down 15, then 20, then 25, turning it over, throwing it out of bounds. Embiid looked like shit from the beginning of the game. Looked like he didn't care and just just trying to prove something and getting destroyed by 78 year old ancient Al Horford. The, the role players stepped up in the first half and they couldn't keep it going. That's it. That's the season. Same as they've always been. So Sixers and eight. Just kidding. I might never watch them again. I'm going to, as Mike says, rip my fucking skin off. You could hear the hazards clicking in the background. We talked for a lot about Embiid and we did the all of them thing. I, I suppose this is for like the next podcast or whatever, when we talk about what they're going to do during the off season. But I am amazed that after the two games that James Harden had in this series, in which he single-handedly basically won the game, game one where he had, I don't know, 45, whatever the fuck it was. And then game four, when he had 42, I am stunned that he could play bad enough in the other games to make me forget those performances. But as good, it's amazing to say that as good as those performances were, the bad performances were as bad as those performances were good. I, I have no idea if he, I would say, I would say, if, if I only knew of this situation, he's ready to go to Houston. 
He doesn't want to be here. Doesn't even want to play another round. But this has happened to him over and over and over and over and over again. And it makes so much so that there's something mentally that does not allow him to engage in important games the way that he needs to engage in them. This He was never in this game. Never. And it's happened to him over and over and over again. You can't have two losers leading the team. And if Joel is going to be a loser, like you can't have Harden there too. I just, I see no instance in which I could bring that guy back on this team. I just, I, I don't imagine. Again, this is the thing for the, the next pod, but it's just, it's almost unbelievable that he could be this predictably bad in this game. Yeah, I mean, he's, he fucking sucked. He sucked for most of the series. He had two great games. Um, but like Joel has to carry him in, in, in some of those other games. Harden carried them in two games. Joel won them zero games in this series. Um, that's, for, that's for sure. That's a good point. That's just embarrassing. Point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's both of them. They both fucking, they suck. They, they, they really, truly embarrass themselves. Um, across the board, and if Harden wants, if Harden wants to go act, act like he could do that for a season, uh, or pretend like he could, which is a total fucking lie, there's not a chance in hell that he could do that for more than like once in a while when the step back is going in. Right. Um, if he wants to go to Houston and win like 31 games, um, then God bless him. Whatever. I don't know that I want him here. I I don't want anybody here. I want them to sell the team. I want them to <laughs> uh, trade Franklin. I want them to f- cancel. CSN Philly like they shouldn't they shouldn't be allowed to air on television anymore like it's I'm just it's just a level of embarrassment that like I just can't wrap my head around like Montrez Harrell who I've hated all year at the beginning of the, the beginning of the game right before the game grabs Embiid and starts whispering stuff in his ear and I'm like yes pump him up give me something like fire him up and Embiid didn't Embiid like they would have been better if Embiid didn't play in this game I, I wonder what is going through his fucking head like what do you think it is Honestly, I, honestly, Horford just fucking owns him, man. It's, it's so embarrassing that he owned him, and then the Sixers got him, and he played like shit the year he was here, and then we traded him, we banished him to Oklahoma City. He sits out a year, he goes to Boston, and now he owns Embiid again. And it's he's a thousand years old. Embiid's got seven inches and eighty-five pounds on him. Like, it's pathetic. It's absolutely a hundred percent pathetic, and Embiid should feel embarrassed, and he should have to issue public apologies. It was just it was just I'm so repulsed by the entire thing. Like he he reverted so bad. He wasn't getting contested rebounds. He wasn't getting out on Horford in the perimeter. He Tatum was just like eating his lunch over and over again in the perimeter. And the thing that we say about Joel is like he's he can guard wherever when he has to. Um and I think he has been capable of being the uh best defender in the league, the most impactful defender in the league. Um, and I came back from my honeymoon all hot about Giannis never covering Jimmy and Embiid in this game. And I said that would never happen with Embiid. And it happened, it happened with Tatum. Tatum just absolutely cooked his ass over and over again. And this game absolutely diminishes how I feel about Joel Embiid as a player in, in like general. It has to. A hundred percent. It wasn't like, oh, he just had a game, bad game, didn't show up, or he was in his head or whatever. Like, dude, you're, fu- you're not like 22. He's 30. R- really, really disgusting stuff. He wasn't anticipating double teams. He turned the ball over over and over again on when they were coming at his blind side. He looked out of sorts. He was on his heels. 
he allowed Horford to get in his face. He rarely, if ever, went downhill and used his size to impose himself against him. Um, they didn't want Robert Williams on him because they were too like worried about MB just like baiting him into fouls. And so he had like Tatum and Marcus Smart on him. And to not like he went at him sometimes, but to not do it all the time. It's like, dude, you're the you won MVP. He was he tried to post up too much to like prove something. I don't know, or maybe he was just tired, didn't have his legs on. I don't fucking know. Um, but he shot very, very few mid range shots that he was automatic in all all season. And by the way, that um, were open. Every time he shots. faced up, every time he faced up, that shot was there. There was a if, 12 to 15 footer there every single time. And he turned around and backed them down like it was four years ago. And and then he started like allowing Horford to come in and then Horford would get a hand up. And if you can yep. have him backpedaling, then that's then that's an open shot. You're you're so much bigger than he is. And he just allowed himself to get pushed around. And it's disgusting, man. Absolutely. Absolutely gross. Yeah, I mean, Harden sucks. He didn't hit a shot until he didn't hit a step back until the third quarter. Um, he was one of eleven on threes the last two games. Um, he was grifting and not getting rewarded for it, and sometimes he was getting rewarded for it um, more than he should have. Well, the, the, he was just, the, he was just bad. they were just both really, really bad. But the thing I'll say about Harden is like we knew who he was coming into the series, right? Right, and still he won them two games. And we thought we knew who Embiid was, and we were waiting to see for him to show everybody that he was capable of doing more. And he showed them he actually isn't. He's actually worse. He's actually, um, I mean, he just, I, there's like all sorts of buzzwords that get thrown around in these kinds of things. But like he came up so short. I don't know if it was choking or I don't know if it was just in his head or whatever, but like he certainly fucking sucked. And you can't just fucking suck so often in big games like this. And he has. His career is, his prime is closer to the end than it is to the beginning. And there's just not going to be many more chances for him to do it. I don't know if it's going to happen in Philadelphia. I don't know if he's going to be on, on the Sixers next next season. I don't know who's, I don't know. There's no one I would look at and go like, that guy definitely deserves to be here. Nobody does. Something is fundamentally wrong with the entire uh, ecosystem of this team the anatomy in this team is like broken on some level to over and over again, be um, out toughed out, out physical, out hustled. Uh, they're slow. They're old. They're weak. They're unathletic, like just over and over again. And then when shots starts, to, when shots stop falling against a decent team, they fucking limp to the finish line and beg to get fucking blasted. And they did just like so quickly. That third quarter was the most pathetic thing I've ever seen in my life. I was so hoping when I was watching it, I was just like, somebody just decide and be, I was just hoping, just decide that maybe you lose this game, but this run is over. Just get the fucking foul line. Yeah, get get right. a layup, something. They they. Right. It was a, what was it? A 21 to three run or something? I wrote it down somewhere. It just Just truly despicable stuff if they had kept the lead to like 16 if they had simply lost yeah. that quarter by 16 then we could go into the fourth quarter and go like okay that was that was horrendous let's bounce back but they were they just dug themselves into such a hole because they have no integrity as a group as individuals all of them they should feel so embarrassed they should all issue like public statements on like official letterhead 
I don't know why we're doing a podcast about this team. Now we look like fucking the dumbest people on the planet. Yeah, well, it's happened. And, and like no adjustments from Doc. I know that it's like Dan House yeah. comes in like down 28 and you're like, okay, here it is. Here's our, here's our big swing. Let's yeah. throw somebody out there. He goes with the same starting lineup in this game. It's like he loves gut feel. He loves he loves to he loves to really like hammer like how much his gut was involved in his decision making when it goes well. And then afterwards, like his gut is surprisingly absent from the conversation. Well, I don't think that think there was anything wrong with the starting lineup to the, the, the way that it it worked itself out today. Which, sure, which, no, I, that was, yeah. they didn't lose the game at the beginning of the game for sure. No, no, um, but it's just like it's an unwillingness to try shit when the stakes are low. I've been saying it all fucking season long. It was, what, it was the reason why he didn't play B-Ball Paul in the regular season last year because he's just like so scared of doing anything unique or different or that it might something. Like just you, you got to be able to do something. The Celtics had the last couple games a seven-man rotation and the Sixers look like the ones that were tired. And the Sixers just don't, they are not as in good shape, is nearly as athletic or as in good shape as those guys. And well, they I mean, looked so fucking slow across the board everywhere. 833 like face is the voicemail. The, the, just to go back to your Harden thing, I think the most embarrassing moment was actually, everybody was like mad that they called a flagrant on him when he hit Brown in the face. The thing that was embarrassing about that is he just threw the fucking ball out of bounds and then threw his hands in the air to try to get a foul call and ended up hitting the guy in the face. Like it was a, it was maybe it wasn't a flagrant, but it was an embarrassing moment for Harden. Oh, it definitely embarrassing moment. But sometimes yeah. you lose the ball going up. It, I mean, that was a joke of a call. Like refs have never seen basketball before. They're like trying to like rules their way into. It's just like such a disgusting display of like, yeah, that was a flagrant foul. Imagine t- telling someone in 1998 that that was a flagrant foul. Obviously, it is not you one want the, the game tenth to be like of one percentage. No, but like we could be human beings. That's obviously not a flagrant foul. It's nah, basketball. If you're a foul grifter, sport, if you're a foul grifter you can face. go fuck yourself. It's not man. a flag, flagrant foul every time someone gets hit in the face. All right. It's just not. It's just All like right. such it's such a it's a disgusting display of like trying to like write the rules of basketball on a piece of paper so you can go like when you're hit above the shoulder area then it's like then then it has to be a flagrant foul. It's just like what a pathetic it's a, it's an embarrassing like sport altogether that Adam Silver is running here. Like just a disgusting situation. Obviously not why they lost. No. Like a hundred percent, not right. blaming the refs, but just like so annoying all the time that they are as bad as they are at at like deciding how their, to like officiate basketball. As their as jobs would be a lot easier if everyone wasn't fucking acting totally on every play. Totally, it, it, and if they and if they stopped calling that, then they would act less. Well, but yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Eight three three lickface is the phone. I'm number. just done. I fully reached apathy for this team. I don't know how I could possibly watch next year. I don't even know how I could listen to the podcast. I don't even know how you guys could do a podcast on anything about this team. I mean, that is embarrassing every year. This is just, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with Embiid. I love him, but it's time for him to go. I mean, it's just embarrassing. I'm apathy. Like really, that's a, Training and beating is like the only thing that I'm going to be coming back for the season for. Like, otherwise, I, I don't believe in them at all. He never shows up. Here is a quote from transcribed by our beat reporter, Sixers Adam, who was in Boston. This is Doc Rivers on James Harden. 
James, James has a decision to make this summer and he'll make it. I think overall, he enjoyed being here. It's tough for him. We asked him to play a little different than he's always been accustomed to. He's accustomed to the way he played today. I think it made us a better team. And unfortunately, I thought for James at times, it wasn't best for him and he still did it. So you appreciate that as a coach. Well, not getting himself in the same trouble as he did after the Atlanta series, I guess. Uh, also from Doc Rivers, uh, where is it? This loss absolutely diminishes what we did this year. So there's a moment of honesty. Glad that he said that. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what to. I. I. I think everyone. Everyone else on the team, their performance. Oh, but you know what? Actually, there is one thing. One other player. What the fuck is George Niang doing? Oh, that was embarrassing. He should have gotten ejected. Yeah. Absolutely should have ejected. Yeah. They just should have fucking cut him after he yeah. did that. Who the it fuck was absolutely do you think a you are, on Jalen grabbing Harden by the jersey collar on sure. the way over there. It's a joke of a non-call. Um, but yeah, Niang should get ejected. They got lucky on that play and, uh, by just being a double technical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like other like the role players, they did their thing. They like yeah. they did their best. You can't um, expect yeah. you can't expect like all of those guys to do much. I, nobody like won them the game or deserved to, but they, I mean, PJ maybe in the first half, but like everybody else was just like kind of doing fine and then missing shots. And then and beating hard and set the tone with how little they seemed to give a fuck about this game and how there was just a, such a lack of urgency across the board and just so soft. Like I'm so, how are you fucking seven two three fifty or whatever the fuck? And you're so soft. It can't, it can't happen, man. If you, he has very limited touch around the rim. Obviously, his mid-range is exceptional, even though he didn't go to it tonight. He has very limited touch around the rim. He went up like fucking Ben Simmons on drive a couple times against Al Horford, who's a fucking corpse. It's embarrassing. It's a guy I fucking ride for all for nine years. I love the dude. And he fucking embarrassed the shit out of himself tonight for not the first time. But it's like enough already. Can't You can't hold back anymore. This is disgusting. I was so excited too. I let myself really, there's, there's a part of me every year because I never, because I didn't think the Sixers had a chance to win a championship. That is sort of relief when the playoffs are over. It's a grind for me. I stay up late, but I know it sounds like I'm being a baby, but like there's a part of me that like gets to like exhale a little bit. I had really, after the first round and then specifically after game five, allowed myself to believe, you know what? Let's go to the fucking finals this year. Like, let's do it. And not only let's do it, but wouldn't it be great to, in the first round, eliminate Ben Simmons' team? In the second round, eliminate the Celtics. In the third round, in the conference finals, play Jimmy Butler. And get to eliminate Jimmy Butler. And then potentially in the finals, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about the fucking finals about this team. Then in the finals, get to play Jokic and Embiid could, could you know, dominate that series and Embiid beats Jokic, maybe win the championship. I actually allowed it to creep into my brain, even after the game six loss. Last couple of days, I'm really talking myself into this game. I'm looking at the line on DraftKings, drops from seven points to 5.5, five and a half right before the game. Ah, the Sharps are in on the Sixers. There it is. Boy, like Nikola Jokic is over there in Denver 
just fucking dominating the shit out of everybody he plays. Yeah. In, in in the conference finals. Yeah. I'm I'm sitting here like a fucking moron thinking that we're going to eliminate every single one of our haters in one playoff run. And in the same the same team that I wanted to happen, Joel Embiid comes in and doesn't even want to play in game 7. Doesn't or even want to play. Or 6. He looked like shit in game 6 too. Yeah. Uh obviously worse in 7, but much worse but, in seven. but bad in 6 too. Um yeah, I mean it's just they won game five. It was a team win in game five. They all played well. And then they do what they always fucking do, man, is they took their foot off their gas because they just don't have it. They just don't have the level of intensity that is required at like high levels of basketball. And the Sixers haven't been playing high level basketball this entire, entire era. They came very close to it and they never at any point decided as a team, as any number of units over the last six years of playoff basketball. They never decided like, okay, we're just going to win this fucking game. They didn't do it because they're losers. All of them top to bottom. They should wear this for the rest of their careers. Do you think you could get it like, well, like get it back? Like believe that, that, that even with the failure, that 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 this is like that he is salvageable. You mean Joel? Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. I mean, I'm capable of doing some truly stupid shit. Um, <laughs> so in a year, if things are different, kind of right. Um, and they're going into like a game seven against fucking whoever. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, probably. I fuck. It's fucking a disease. This is, this is <laughs> repulsive, but. Like in the cold light of day after without like the idea of hope and like, yeah, you know, the soaring orchestral music of a, of a narrative win, um, possibility. No, like, no, he's not the guy. We thought he was the guy. We wanted him to be the guy. Um, but he's not, he's just not like, and I'm, I'm look, I obviously love Kate Scott as a human being. Loved her on the Ricky. Yep. But after, was it after game five? Or the morning of game six? Something. Well, she, she can't she po- be like we are. No, but she doesn't have to post the like, this team is different and get all your neg- like negativity out. That's some like, Kate, I love you. That's some Northern California bullshit. And, and I didn't want to hear it then. And I, I definitely like, don't, Ever want to hear it again? <laughs> Gotta like, give Kate a break. No, of course I love Kate. She's and like she basically just was being optimistic, and she basically works for the team and all that yeah. stuff. But like, it was so it was like telling us how to be when she like hasn't been here long enough to do it. And I was like, if you oh, no. you had to have died through the several playoffs to be optimistic and tell people that aren't optimistic like you should be, because this team was like we the there was like the smallest faintest idea of hey, they're different this year. Things are different. They bounce. There was. Back. There was plenty of evidence. The sm- that. Not that many. Not that much evidence. Yes, a little bit of evidence. A yes, little bit of was. evidence that they that they were different. But that evidence, as we know, like that's like a random shot bouncing in here and there. That's Kevin Durant's toe being on the three point line and like it being like it, it's shifting an entire narrative, like one little thing. And I never fully, fully believed that they were different because they're too slow. They're too old. They're too unathletic. 
They don't have enough, like grab the fucking ball. PJ a little bit, Melton a little bit sometimes, but like really, really they never, I never fucking, I never grab, I never sunk my teeth into believing that they were any different. I was hoping that Joel would do it, but like, man, fuck them. Fuck them all. Man, poor Kate Scott catching strays for Look, being don't Paulson. don't don't be like don't come out with optimism if you're not going to own it after <laughs> they lay the biggest egg of all time. She owns it. She should own it. She should be like I was wrong, you were right to be negative. She should say that. I love her. She should say like I I was I was misinformed. I didn't I've been here for a few years and I thought the team was different and I was wrong. And I thought they were better than that, and I was wrong, and they let, they were horrendous. So I apologize for telling you to be optimistic when I shouldn't have. <laughs> love, love Kate, love Kate. Think she's a great announcer. Think she's great for the city. But like, I'm. She needs to know that this this franchise is poison, and we've all Kate been run by it. Kate run. No, she's she's in. It's too late. She's here. Yeah. She just has to like allow the poison to like get further into her bloodstream to where she's not trying to give me like Santa Cruz fucking optimism. I don't need it. Well, I mean, candidly, anyone that's a- appeared on a live Ricky is fucking gone anyway. Mike Scott's gone. Dario's gone. Brett Brown's gone. Uh, is TJ McConnell's gone. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kate. This is a bad sign. Is anybody still here? Elton. Elton's still there. Elton's still here. Well, somebody tweeted me earlier this week after game six. And I thought he was kidding. He was not kidding. And he was like, well, what if the process is just the friends we made along the way? And I was like, well, you're kidding. But, you know, I enjoy being around everyone every year. So I will say this as we end this and we will pivot into our, I guess, Sixers Adam. But by the way, he's tweeting. I wanted to get him on, but he, he's staying for all the press conference. So I don't, I don't know when that will happen. Um, you know, I appreciate everyone who has um, decided to listen to the podcast all year and stuck with us. This, is, this wraps up season 10. So our 10-year anniversary is in July. And as awful as the team is, I find great value and satisfaction and, uh, and, uh, happiness in the fact that everybody has gone through this together. And I think it is a one of a kind thing and I'm thankful for everyone. So thankful to everyone who listened, thankful to the, to our, our great staff of lunatics, CJ and Michael Connor and Sixers, Adam and Alonzo and Abby and, uh, Tanner who draws everything and for our t-shirts and shit. So. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate everyone being around. Disagree. Well, <laughs> you're all fucking stupid, and I'm the dumbest <laughs> of all of us. Uh, uh, okay, one more, one more. How about this one? Eight three three lick face. This is Jacob. Joel Embiid cannot just like he has to score a hundred times, a hundred percent of the time when Marcus Smart is guarding him. It's just fucking ridiculous. Honestly, I'm not even that upset that they're losing because they literally lose the playoffs the same way every fucking year. So uh, looking forward to the off-season pods. Thanks, guys. There you go. (sighs) 
Well, yeah, happy I mean, Mother's Day, I'm just, I'm just happy to not have to watch him. I'm happy yeah. not have to like, watch him and deal with the fucking agita I get from dealing with it on like it the build up to a game having to like arrange my schedule around this fucking dumb fuck organization should have to like issue like a real apology and by the way like massive loser shit someone leaking to Woj that like actually the refs uh, gave worse calls to the Celtics the Sixers and the Celtics in game six like an hour before the game like get the fuck go fucking go win a goddamn basketball game stop fucking leaking shit well, you know who that has to come from. Who do you think it came from? I mean, that has to that has to come from Daryl. You think Daryl? It has to be. It could be Daryl. I, mean, I could it could be Harden's like person. I don't know. Yeah, he was he was. But the Harden's person, I, I bet, is not getting that. Uh, that's got to be Daryl. Probably. Gotta, it's losership. It's massive. Yeah. It's massive losership. I agree. And with at you. what point? How many times does Daryl have to like lose big games on on the guys that he's like committed himself to? He's fucking tied himself to James Harden like a tree about to get demolished. <laughs> and it's just like public embarrassment. Everybody. Man, everybody should be so embarrassed that this game was televised. That they didn't like cut the power midway through the third quarter. Disgusting. What a disgusting organization. They should have to change the name of the Sixers. They should have to change the logo like to bounce back from something like this. Anything in particular you think would be a good option to change it to? Yeah, like a middle finger, like going up your own asshole. Like, <laughs> like fuck you. Fuck you. Like, fuck everybody. Fuck them all. <laughs> Imagine the unveiling of repulsive. the... <laughs> yeah. Just like totally repulsive. Fuck everybody that's ever been associated with this team. Fuck us, obviously. Fuck all the players. Fuck everybody. Fuck all the fucking... Management, coaching staff, scouting department, video room, medical staff. Franklin again. Franklin, absolutely Franklin. <laughs> Broadcast team, camera guys, everybody. Arena staff? No, nah, they're all right. Okay. I don't right. them. Okay. Uh, just a fucking disgusting display. They should, they should throw the bell out. They shouldn't do the bell before games anymore. They should, instead of the bell, you should walk out and stick your own middle finger up your ass. Yeah. That's what they should have to do before a big game. <laughs> Just such a disgusting. Alex thing. Subers. Everybody. Oh, okay. All Christian Crosby. Change the name. Change the area. Change, go by the fucking like King of Prussia Sixers now. Like you should have to leave Philadelphia. I hate this team. I hate them all. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. To all the moms out there. I don't even want to ring the bell anymore. No. We decline. I'd be embarrassed. I will break the bell. I will take the bell and I will bash <laughs> it on the ground. Ask me to ring the fucking bell. Oh, man. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you next time. No. <laughs> Ever again. You'll never hear from me again. <laughs> Say hello to your wife and your mother-in-law from us, Mike. Um, all right. Uh, I don't even know. I can't believe he no-showed like that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't think of another player 
I mean, so everyone laughs at, at, you know, there was a Nick fan when I grew up, there was, I remember there was a playoff game where I think Patrick Ewing scored one point. I remember that game. That one was really bad. I'm just trying to think of legendarily bad performances from superstars in, in situations like this. It's just going to be like an antagonistic relationship for the re- for as long as he's here, and maybe, maybe that's only a couple months. No, he ain't another couple years. You. You, you, I don't think so. I think everything can is and should be on the table for how long they fucking ran into this brick wall of of their own stupidity. Like, and something's got to give. They can't just keep fucking running it back with like slow ass Embiid and like slow decision makers and slow limited athleticism limited players so many fucking limited players so limited they can do like one thing it's basketball it's not like i only play like a little bit of defense on these kinds of guys like play basketball be basketball players and they just are too many guys that are too limited at so many stuff you're constantly it's like whack-a-mole with how many weaknesses they have to make up for all the time and then Game seven, you managed to like trick your way into getting game seven against a pretty good Celtics team that was very beatable. And then your two best players don't fucking show up. Pathetic. All right. They shouldn't show their face all offseason. They should like go into hibernation. They should leave the country. Just like live in Mexico for the rest, for the offseason. Then I won't fuck Get you. dual citizenship. Because like she sh- they shouldn't be allowed back in Philadelphia. Pathetic. All right. you. Yeah, you know, like face. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck, fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you. That's a friend.